Shalom Mishpocha. I want to share today about inner circle. Leadership has many dimensions and encompasses many definitions. Scripture focuses on leadership as vital for success in sharing the good news and growing our congregations. We all talk about leadership. We want good, solid leadership, and we must prioritize leadership skill sets in all that we do. One of the most important things that congregates and visitors are looking for are strong, effective, visionary, and engaging leadership in a congregation. Leadership is far more than just a title. And I've shared this previously. I'm going to share it again. I learned this in my 22 years of military service. If a person comes up to you and says, I'm in charge, without a doubt, that person is not in charge. You can sit back at a short amount of time, find out who's really in charge and who's running the show. So it's not just a title. It's about how you engage with the congregational community. It's strong, effective leaders that inspire members to keep coming back and help grow the congregation. Without good leadership, congregations won't grow and thrive. Leaders, by definition, must have followers. It's natural to presume, therefore, that a main indicator of leadership success and effectiveness, maybe the most important, is the number of followers. It's even more critical for us as we are not mainstream Christianity or Orthodox Judaism. We need strong leaders to mature and grow so that we can raise up staff and future leaders to take us into the next generation. Good leadership is critical for our success to spread the good news, to listen, inspire, motivate, and give a vision with common goals to aspire to. Solid visionary leadership has been in high demand since the start of the pandemic and is increasingly in demand as weighty global issues require biblical leadership to shine the light in this extremely dark hour, to be topical and relevant, to give biblical kingdom solutions and harness the power of Adonai to reach our common goals. Biblical leadership is focused upon the sustainability of kingdom influence over time and how that occurs. True leaders are able to retain power and influence because they genuinely are supported by willing followers. Good leadership is defined by modeling kingdom morality, ethics, and inclusiveness. Effective biblical leaders are guided by a strong moral compass, open to every learning opportunity. Leaders must have the courage to do what is right, regardless of popular opinions or possible undesirable repercussions. We see this clearly throughout Scripture. The Pharisees were upset. The Sadducees were upset. Sometimes it wasn't popular, but Yeshua always spoke the truth. To be able to effectively deal with wokeism, cancel culture, transgenderism, racism, BLM, anti-Semitism, and critical race theory, we have to do so with a voice of truth. This is critical when dealing with conflict, correction, or even discipline situations in your congregations or even in your businesses. Though unpleasant, it must be done in love for the greater kehillah and the well-being of the congregates. This also, this often involves dealing with personal fears, hesitations, and a human aversion to conflict. Our lives, who we are, our congregations, our businesses are comprised of the decisions, experiences, and choices we made and will make in the future. Our goal is to influence people to make wiser decisions, better choices, and have positive experiences through the transformative power of Yeshua and the Ruach HaKodesh. A strong, effective leader attracts sound, reliable congregates. John C. Maxwell said a leader's potential is determined by those closest to him or her. So you might have heard this quote, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Motivational speaker Jim Ron is often credited with that saying, which has been repeated by a number of today's most influential leaders. You are influenced, you mirror those who are around you, 
It matters who you associate with. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33 says, Don't be fooled. Bad company ruins good character. In fact, this is the very tenet of one of Maxwell's 21 irrefutable laws of leadership, the law of the inner circle, which states that a leader's potential is determined by those closest to him or her. And it also ties in closely with the law of magnetism or the law of attraction, which declares that who you are is who you attract. In other words, in most situations, you draw people to you who possess the same qualities, values, and priorities you do so that you will grow. Growth happens at the edge of your comfort zone. You will be stretched in this. In other words, if you want to experience tremendous success and make a real significant impact, you need to surround yourself with incredible people who help you maximize your full potential and vice versa. If you're going to make it in leadership over the long haul, you have to have a strong inner circle. Yeshua did. He has his 12 Talmudim disciples that he strategically invested in, but he also had three Talmudim, three disciples that he took to a different level than the 12. Peter, James, and John was the inner circle of the original 12 disciples, 12 Talmudim. Reading the Gospels reveals that there are some places that Yeshua only took Peter, James, and John, or Kepha, Yaakov, and Yochadin. He did not take all 12 Talmudim with him everywhere he went. When Yeshua went to the Mount of Transfiguration, he only took the three. When Yeshua healed Kepha's mother-in-law, he took Yaakov, James, and Yochan and John with him into Kepha's Peter's house. Yeshua only took the three he went to heal the daughter of the synagogue official. In fact, he wouldn't let anyone else follow. Mark 9, verse 37, he let no one follow him except Kepha, Yaakov, and Yochanan, Yaakov's brother. Yeshua only took the three to pray after the Seder meal. In Mark 14, verses 32 and 33, they went to a place called Get Shamanim, and Yeshua said to his Talmudim, sit here while I pray. He took with him Kepha, Yaakov, and Yochanan. Great distress and anguish came over him. Again, Yeshua took the three to places he didn't take the rest. Yeshua took these three to places he did not take the other nine. He invested more into these three than the other nine to be leaders after he would be gone. He didn't take everyone else. Think about this for a minute. Only these three Talmudim disciples are central in the book of Acts of the original 12. All of them are mentioned in Acts 1 verse 13 and Philip in Acts 8 and uh, chapter 21. Can you guess which three are mentioned throughout Acts? Their predominant Talmudim disciples mentioned in Acts are Peter, James, and John. They assume leadership roles after Yeshua ascended to heaven uh, that the other nine did not take. Kepha preaches on Shavuot after that upper room Ruach HaKodesh encounter. Then in Acts 3, verses 1 through 7, it says, One afternoon at 3 o'clock, the hour of Mincha prayers, as Kepha and Yochanan were going up to the temple, a man crippled since birth was being carried in. Every day, people used to put him at the beautiful gate of the temple so that he could beg from those going into the temple court. Verse 3, when he saw Kephan and Yochanan about to enter, he asked them for some money. But they stared straight at him, and Kepha said, Look at us. Verse 5, the crippled man fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. Kepha said, I don't have silver, and I don't have gold. But what I do have, I give to you, in the name of Messiah Yeshua of Nazareth, walk. Verse 7, and taking hold of him by his right hand, Kepha pulled him up. Instantly, his feet and ankles became strong. Then in Acts chapter 4, Peter and John are arrested and brought before the Sanhedrin for preaching about Yeshua's resurrection. Peter and John were sent to Shamron after Philip shared the good news there, and people came to trust. In Acts 8, starting at verse 14, when the emissaries in Jerusalem heard that Shamron had received the word of God, they sent who? Kepha and Yochanan. 
verse 15, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Ruach HaKodesh. For until then, he had not come upon any of them. They had only been immersed into the name of the Lord Yeshua. Then as Kepha and Yochan had placed their hands on them, they received the Ruach HaKodesh. Then James is killed by Herod in Acts 12, verses 1 through 2. It was around this time that King Herod began arresting and persecuting certain members of the Messianic community. Then he had Yachav, Yochanan's brother, put to death by the sword. Yeshua spent more time with the three, preparing them for more responsibility than the rest. So the question is, who's your inner circle? Who are the individuals you are pouring your life into at a deeper level than anyone else? Who are the individuals you are taking places in ministry that you don't take anyone else? And who are you giving more responsibility? Who is in your inner circle? Unfortunately, and that's exactly what many leaders don't have, too many leaders are isolated, lonely, and as a result are frustrated, which in ministry often leads to moral failure. This inner circle can be the staff. It doesn't have to be the staff. But it's who you associate with. It's who mentors you. It's who you spend time with and who sows into your life, who has that ability to speak truth into you. Because when leaders don't cultivate an inner circle, unhealthy behaviors result. They suffer discouragement. They often quit. Matter of fact, this is a crisis in the greater body of Messiah today. We have a 40 to 45% uh, failure rate, walking away, quitting. It's 75% in the first two years after graduating from seminary. Horrible. What other behaviors result? Their complaining places undue stress in their family. Your spouse was not designed to hear every frustration every time. Cultivating an inner circle of key people who are mature believers, who are loyal, honest, committed, and have integrity, who will support you and tell you the truth is the key to success. But the question is, how do you develop one? Well, here are a few key insights for your inner circle. Your inner circle of people must be aligned around the mission, the vision, the strategy of your organization. They must be people of character, integrity, loyal, trustworthy, competent, and have initiative and be able to work well with others. they got to be team players. There's a lot packed in here, yet these are essential traits that were possessed by all the Talmudim, but especially the three. Your circle must have the visions and the mission. When Yeshua left the vision and mission, remain the same for his inner circle. Your circle must be passionate and willing to work with you in what you're trying to accomplish. A disunited team can never lead a united mission. A few friends who accept you for the person you are, not your position or title. You just need a few friends you can be yourself around. I have a few of these, someone to share hobbies with and to not talk about work. It can be exhausting to the to be the rabbi 24-7. There must be downtime, and it's an absolute necessity for your marriage. Do not place your spouse and family in the altar of ministry sacrifice. You need a few friends who see you as you, not your title or position. It's important to associate with peers who are positioned at the same leadership and life level and issues you are. This one's vital. You can't go to your board or staff with every issue you're suffering. That's why it's important to have people who are managing at a similar leadership load in life that you are. This is why our IMCS organization, for us, the International Alliance of Messianic Congregations and Synagogues, is so critical. We meet two or three times a year, the rabbis and the rabbitsons, and the fellowship and the mentorship of well-seasoned rabbis and rabbitsons who we can vent our frustrations to and often have sage advice as they've been there and done that. And so it's important, even locally, I've got several pastors who I spend time with, who I fellowship with, who I have lunch with, that we can share our difficulties with each other, we can pray, and uh, we can sow into each other. To build your inner circle, you must be intentional in building relationships. 
You must give thought to the success of both the organization and the success of your people. It's, imp- it's important for you as the leader to keep growing and improving. When you achieve your potential as a leader, you will have also reached their potential. Your inner circle must be able to influence others. By bringing people who have influence with others, you will automatically increase your influence. Now you will have people you influence as well as people they influence. To grow and improve your own leadership, associate with great leaders. Do they bring complementary skill sets to the circle? Bring in key people who possess strengths in the areas of your weaknesses, which means you must be transparent and know what your true strength and weaknesses are. If everyone in your organization is a visionary but aren't good with details, how will the mission get accomplished? You must have people with different strengths and skill sets to create a balanced, robust circle that will achieve great results. You've got to ask, do they add value to me in the organization? You need people with proven track records who will uh, be an asset to your organization and your inner circle. Find those with experience. You won't get sage, wise advice from someone who does not have the experience of success or maturity to give you well-informed, thought-out opinions or advice. Find people who have earned the right to be in your inner circle. Look for positive, charismatic people. You'll gain nothing by surrounding yourself with negative people. Immediately cut any ties you have with toxic people in your life. They're too critical, negative, and skeptical. They criticize others to conceal their own shortcomings and fear to justify their lack of accomplishment. In the military, we called these people life suckers. All they did was complain. They never did anything. Your life is far too valuable to be dragged down by such people. If you have anyone around you like this, stop spending time with them. You have far better things to do with your time. One of the biggest costs to wealth is toxic people. One toxic person can counteract the advantages of 10 amazing relationships. Your inner circle must be strong, positive, and able to both challenge you and encourage you to uplift and edify you. You have to choose people who hold you accountable. It's all too easy to say what you think someone wants to hear. You must have bold and upright people in your inner circle who are able to disagree with you and speak the truth while holding you accountable. Find people like that. And finally, your inner circle must share the same beliefs, morals, and work ethics that you do. They must be confident, stable, and secure. But be selective. Go for quality, not quantity. Don't select someone because they're your friend. You always want to think the people that are the closest to you are the ones that will support you the most. But it doesn't seem to happen that way. Why? Because they know you. Most of the time, they just don't see you getting out of your own comfort zone and really doing something big. Now, I've shared this before. It's kind of a joke. But being here in the Chesapeake Bay, it resonates with us. We call this the crab theology. And this is true. If you put five or six crabs in a five-gallon bucket, one of them will get wise and start climbing on top of the others and start climbing up that side of that bucket to get out. But did you know the other crabs will pull that one trying to get out back down into the bottom of the bucket? This is what I'm talking about. You want people around you who will be a catalyst for growth. Those who allow you into their inner circle will have a tremendous impact on your attitude, your health, your decision-making process, your vision, success, and your ability to lead. Choose wisely with copious amounts of prayer and with great discernment. I believe in you. You can do it. Build that inner circle. Shalom. Shalom.